0: is friends at the table
1: and it's not friends at the table although that's an amazing name <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are technically we, friends at a, at the at table. a coffee table yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah but that's not our name what's her name armchair apocrypha
0: armchair apocrypha that's right this is the uh the podcast where armchair experts tell possibly true stories mm-hmm. cool
2: yeah
0: um
1: and this is our first time recording this episode <laughs>
0: We uh, we recorded this episode last week, and then um, we had the fan going because Rachel's AC is out.
1: Yeah, I didn't um, have an air conditioning unit. Yeah,
0: and so uh, the it sounded all choppy on the recording. It sounded like we were talking into the fan, so it was like, like uh, we're in a uh, helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're just re-recording. Uh, unfortunately, that kind of messes with our format because now I know what Rachel's doing.
1: I know. Um, Did you forget? No. <laughs>
0: I remember what you're doing. And I remember what yours is, <laughs> but I
1: love to hear it again.
0: Cool. Um, how was your week?
1: It was good. Yeah. Um, I already told you, like, it was a lot of early mornings, which isn't anything out of the ordinary, yeah. but then I had today off, and it was lovely, and it was very relaxing, and I've decided to get a new tattoo, yeah. and so I'm now really excited about that, and that's all I can think about.
0: <laughs> yes. It looks really good, too. Oh, it's thank like a, you. like a cool feather.
1: Yeah, cool feather it looks like birds are busting yeah, out yeah. bursting out i love it
0: it's really cool thank you and you have an ac unit now. and so i
1: have thanks to you
0: <laughs>
2: i
1: haven't an- oh you brought that on tuesday didn't yeah. you yeah now i can actually like live in my apartment yeah it's wonderful <laughs> thank you you're
0: welcome it's so much better yeah um how about you uh, i had a bad week mm. um sorry both my candidates lost
1: oh um, yeah the, well, so don't too. Do. Yeah, We voted for the same <laughs> fucking people
0: <laughs> uh, A lot of people are upset With uh, election hangover And not dealing with it Well, it's just been a very stressful week Yeah,
1: that was I was really pissed about yeah. And then the one judge Passed away the day after Yes so I, was, I was like When I saw that My mouth literally dropped open I was like It can't be a joke article No And the person who posted it Wouldn't do anything like that And then I clicked I'm like Oh, God you fucking kidding me
0: uh, for those of you who aren't in Louisville, uh, one of our judges, uh, Danny Alvarez, passed away of a heart attack.
1: The day after he was elected. The
0: day after he was elected. It was very dis- disturbing. Yeah. And very upsetting.
1: Mm. And then, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Our candidates didn't win. Yeah. Damn it was it. just a bad week. I forget. I knew I blocked something out of my head for Tuesday. <laughs> and, um... Only seventeen percent of Luvilians went out and voted.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something like seventeen percent. Yeah,
1: and like twenty four for the whole state. Yep. Cheers. Cheers to
0: that, <laughs> representative democracy, y'all.
1: Yeah. Touche.
0: <laughs> okay. So on that note, let's talk about an anarchist.
1: Yeah, let's do. Please.
0: Um, so this will be the second episode in my series on uh, Emma Goldman. Um, last week I talked about her life and time. weeks ago. Or, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but see, since it's her. been a
1: week, I like you were and be like, oh, yeah, I do remember that yeah, now. Yeah. So it'll be a while for me to connect <laughs> the dots. I might have more to add or insert. Yeah. And you have more to add to mine as well, exactly, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Um, today I'm going to be talking about the philosophy of Emma Goldman Um, she was a prolific writer she wrote six books within her lifetime Um, I have not read all of them or any of them Uh, (laughs) but I have skimmed some of her articles so I I know a little bit about what she says Um, she also has several collections of essays Uh, read Emma Speaks uh, Emma Goldman a documentary history um Go look up one of her books. I'm sure they're not hard to find. Um, she also wrote the biography of Voltrain Claire Voltrain Declare. Voltrain! Voltrain. Voltron. Voltron.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Voltrain Declare, who I talked about a few weeks ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they're
1: all interconnected. Exactly.
0: Uh, so I'm just going to go through and do a greatest hits of her philosophy, kind of like I did with uh, Voltrain. Mm-hmm. Um, Voltrain and Emma Goldman were both atheists. Um, Emma, Shocking. I know, I think right? I said that last <laughs> time, too. <laughs> um, Emma Goldman said that, "...consciously or unconsciously, most theists see in gods and devils, heaven and hell, reward and punishment, a whip to lash the people into obedience, meekness, and contentment. The philosophy of atheism expresses the expansion and growth of the human mind." The philosophy of theism, if we can call it a philosophy, is static and fixed. Snap. Exactly, yeah. Uh, burn on the theists. <laughs> um, and the Goldman is uh, commonly referred to as the, um, the founder of anarcho-feminism, uh, anarcha feminist thought. Um, she did uh, butt heads with a lot of the feminists from her time.
1: Ah, yes, I remember um, this now. sorry I don't necessarily agree with her.
0: <laughs> she was a little bit hostile to the suffragette movement. Mm-hmm. Um, she viewed the state as essentially a tool of control and domination, and as a result, she believed that voting was useless at best and dangerous at worst. Uh, voting, she wrote, provided an illusion of participation while masking the true structures of decision making. Instead, Goldman advocated targeted resistance in the form of strikes, protests, and direct action against the invasive, meddlesome authority of our moral code. Um, She maintained an anti-voting position even throughout the 1930s in Spain, when Spain voted for the formation of a liberal republic. Um, Goldman wrote that any power anarchists wielded as a voting bloc should instead be used to strike across the country. Uh, she wrote, "We are in need of unhampered growth uh, out of the old traditions and habits. The movement for women's emancipation has so far made but the first step in that direction." Mm. So she said, she's saying basically that like voting is important um, in blocks in uh, the ah, workplace. Ah, so there's an asterisk and, on voting. Well, she doesn't believe in voting as like. Like what we did on Tuesday. She didn't believe it like going out to the polls. She believed in, in, in doing it like amongst workers' councils, amongst uh, people who were organizing themselves, things like that.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't that consist of people that go out and vote?
0: Only... Except for...
1: <laughs> you mean in those like set like company or set...
0: Right, she didn't believe in uh, representative democracy, so she wouldn't yeah. encourage people to go out and vote for a person to, a represent, person them. to represent them. And so, like, uh, it giving... would just be
1: on like, we agree to do this or not to do this. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, if women have the vote, they're just going to keep voting for more capitalists, more rulers, more government. Well,
1: right. you don't know unless you give the woman the chance to vote. <laughs> am I right?
0: <laughs> um. She believed that the economic system of capitalism was incompatible with human liberty. Uh, She said, the only demand that property recognizes is its own gluttonous appetite for greater wealth because wealth means power, the power to subdue, to crush, to exploit, the power to enslave, to outrage, to degrade. She also argued that capitalism dehumanized workers, turning the producer into a mere particle of a machine with less will and decision than his master of steel and iron. Anarchism stands for the liberation of the human mind from the dominion of religion, of liberation of the human body from the coercion of property, liberation from the shackles and restraints of government. It stands for social order based on on free grouping of individuals. She said, I demand the independence of women, Uh, her right to support herself, to live for herself, to love whomever she pleases, or as many as she pleases. I demand freedom for both sexes, freedom of action, freedom in love, and freedom in motherhood.
1: Hm. Cheers to that. Exactly. (laughs) Ting!
0: So you can see her dissatisfaction with the, the status quo of the societies in those days. Um, she believed Do you think in, she
1: was a loud, angry person or a quiet, angry person?
0: I think when she was in, um, like, when she was at doing her speaking speeches. events, she was probably, like, really loud. Um, she was like, yeah, you gotta know, get the enthusiasm. I, I know that uh, in her personal life, like, she didn't take shit, but I don't know if she was, like, a soft-spoken, I-don't-take-shit person or yeah. if she was, uh, you know, a unshotted. loud-spoken, uh, t- I-don't-take-shit uh, so person. <laughs> um... She was a big believer in reproductive rights. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, she was an early advocate for educating women concerning contraception. Mm
2: -hmm. And she
0: was uh, arrested for uh, educating women about contraception.
1: God forbid. I know, right? Side note, Ireland, did you see that? I saw that. Oh my gosh, it was like almost overwhelming. It was a huge landslide. It was beautiful. It was like three quarters. It was
0: seriously 66%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, She saw uh, abortion as a consequence of social conditions, and she believed that um, birth control was a positive alternative, and if you improve the lives of people so that uh, they had the food, the money, the shelter, all of that stuff, that uh, they would be less likely to uh, seek abortions. Mm -hmm. So if you improve people's material conditions, abortions will naturally decline.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Or contraception, but yeah. Yeah. well, contraception, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She was one of the first anarchist thinkers to uh, support homosexuality. Um, In numerous speeches and letters, she defended the rights of gay men and lesbians to love as they pleased and condemned the fear and stigma associated with homosexuality. Uh, She wrote in a letter to Magnus Hirschfeld, It is a tragedy, I feel, that people of a different sexual type are caught in a world which shows so little understanding for homosexuals and is so crassly indifferent to the various gradations and variations of gender and their significance in life. Respect. Respect. Uh, She was uh, a prison abolitionist, which I think Mm -hmm. I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, She said... uh, Year after year, the gates of prison halls return to the world an emaciated, deformed, will-less, uh, will-less, shipwrecked crew of humanity with the cane mark on their foreheads. Their hopes crushed, all their natural inclinations thwarted. With nothing but hunger and inhumanity to greet them, these victims soon sink back into crime as the only possibility of existence.
1: Okay. I think I get
0: so people commit a crime because they need food or they need money or whatever. Yes. They go into prison, they can't get a job, they can't vote, they can't do all the things that they're that they're expected to do in society. And so they get back out, and the only uh, option that they have left to them is turn them back to crime.
2: Yeah.
0: And then they go straight back to prison. And it's it's just like a, a
1: cyclical thing.
0: Yeah, it's just a vicious cycle. Um, today we would call it the, the prison pipeline. um didn't have that terminology back then, back then yeah um she was uh, a war resistor. um pretty much her entire life uh she was particularly opposed to the draft viewing it as one of the worst of the state's forms of coercion and was one of the founders of the no conscription league for which she was arrested and deported in 1917 and 1919 I had considered, like, not doing uh, a philosophy section for her because all of her philosophy is so tied up with, with her life. With her life?
1: She lived her philosophy, yeah, you're exactly. saying?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Weird. She believed in propaganda of the deed. She went to, to... Like, go assassinate somebody. She believed mm-hmm. in... Uh... Yeah, that one. I remember <laughs> that. She believed in um, war resistance. She went out and got arrested for resisting the war. She believed in reproductive rights. She went out and uh, got arrested for con- uh, spreading contraception. So much of her, like, philosophy She lived is, her... Yeah.
1: She walked the walk and talked the talk. <laughs> she
0: did. She very much did. Um, I'm going to leave off with uh, one last quote, just as I did for Voltaire and D'Claire, um summing up kind of her, uh, her philosophy of anarchism. Um, she wrote... I want freedom, the right to self expression, everybody's right to be beautiful, radiant things. Anarchism meant that to me, and I would live it in spite of the whole world prisons, persecution, everything. <laughs> and that's the philosophy of Emma Goldman.
1: All right, that's good.
0: Thank you. <clears throat> um, so, what do you have for us? This week? <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's
1: not a person, place. Or a thing. Or a thing.
0: <laughs> it is kind of a thing. It is a thing. It's a concept.
1: Yeah, which I really find fascinating. And there's so much more to it. This is like just literally the tip of the iceberg stuff. There's yeah. so much more to it. Um, but today I'm going to talk about social linguistics, mm-hmm. a.k.a. accents. But it's more than just that. Right, right. And uh, the reason I was thinking of this is because at my work there are a couple people... With accents, um, some southern accents, and they truly don't believe they have it. (laughs) And they're like, Are you serious? Do you hear yourself? And you think they're joking and they're not. They really don't think they do.
0: (laughs) Did I tell you the story about the the guy in uh, China who uh, picked out my accent?
1: Yes, but please tell it again, because I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, so I was at an exp- expatriate bar in China when I was teaching over there, and this uh, American guy walked in, and I'd never seen him before, so I introduced myself. He was like, where are you from? And I was like, well, uh, I've mostly lived in, like, Kentucky and Louisiana. And he was like, um, or no, um, sorry, I, I messed that story up.
1: Start again. <laughs> he in was China. like, where
0: are you from? And I was like, well, I'm originally from, um... Uh, southern Illinois, I was born in Belleville and he was like I kind of get like a southern accent from you, maybe like Tennessee or Arkansas and I was like well I spent a lot of time in Kentucky and Louisiana and he slapped the bar and went that's it and like, don't have an accent I don't hear <laughs> one from you,
1: do you hear <laughs> one from me? no Okay. Um, but as you know I like lived in Texas until I was five yeah. and then moved here apparently if you look at old videos I have like, a huge something <laughs> around, like, I'm fixing to do this, I'm yeah. fixing to do that. My mom and dad are from, like, Indiana, they we are like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so my mom got a job in Louisville, and we moved here.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I lost it, I think I talked about this a little later, but I lost it because, and I'm around people that don't have it, and also my parents don't have yeah. an accent, so... It was, but what's funny is if I surround myself with people with big accents, I like it starts coming out and I don't even try or anything. It's really yeah. bad. Like I start really dropping the G's and everything. And I don't <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't know why. When uh, Mary and I went out to our families for Christmas a couple years ago, uh, as soon as we got in the car and we're leaving, I was like, So when did you lose your accent? Because <laughs> it was just so it pronounced out, when she yeah. was around her family.
1: Mm hmm. It's really interesting and we'll dive a little bit into that yeah. um, but there's so much to social linguistics so first of all an accent may be identified with the locality in which its speakers reside like regional or geographical area mm-hmm. um, the socioeconomic status is a big thing, uh, their ethnicity and then their social class or influence from their first language if they have a foreign accent, mm-hmm. obviously um, accents to. Tip- typically differ in the quality of the voice, pronunciation, and distinction of vowels and consonants, stress, and prosody. Um, Although grammar, semantics, vocabulary, and other language characters often vary concurrently with accent, the word accent may refer to specifically the differences in pronunciation, whereas the word dialect encompasses the broader set of linguistics. Mm -hmm. But sociolinguistics encompasses all of this. Um, It actually combines... um, linguistics sociology psychology and anthropology so mm-hmm. it kind of like its accents on steroids is how i like to say it, it yeah. takes in all the elements of like why um a person speaks a certain way why they say certain words
2: yeah.
1: and so on and so forth from there um by studying written records, sociolinguistics also examines how language and society have interacted in the past. For example, they have tabulated the frequency of the singular pronoun "thou" and its replacement "you" in a dated handwritten or printed documents, and correlated changes in frequency and changes in class st- structure in the sixteenth, seventeenth century England. Because they used to say "thou" and all of a sudden changed to "you."
2: Yeah.
1: Um. This is like the historical aspect of social linguistics. Um, about how time and society changes yeah. and how our words change. Um, there's a word. Shoot. I'm going to look it up where it's like, it was said all the time in the early, um, 20th century yeah. and it completely declined. And now it's working its way back up. I think it's like shall, but shall. it's not the word shall, but it's yeah. something like that. People said it all the time. And then all of a sudden, no one started saying it. <laughs> and then it happened again. And it's almost kind of very similar with names. Yeah. Like, names popular back then, um, or, you know, from a long time ago, no longer exist, and all the names now
2: yeah.
1: are super, and except for biblical names, right. um, all the other ones are just very unique, and you can't really find them in, like, past um, uh, generations, and yeah. so I'm kind of interested to see in seeing the next 50 years what the top names will be, which now it seems like a little off topic that it's like uh, famous books or movies or actors and actresses yeah. that it starts becoming that boring. <laughs>
2: Ugh,
1: unless it's really meaningful to you then whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Do you know why you have your name?
0: Why well, I have my name? Yeah. Is there any reason uh, behind it? Well, I was originally going to be a Dan. Oh, hey. Um, my, uh, my grandfather's name is Dan. My mm-hmm. uncle's name is Dan. Okay. Family. Um, there were some... There's other people in my family named Dan. I'm not sure why everybody has to be Dan. Um, <laughs> but they, decided, uh, they had decided against it for some reason. I'm not sure why.
1: They were probably like too many Dans. Probably. So then they just liked Andrew?
0: I think so, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, my parents just like the name Rachel. One time I was with a friend at, um, he just wanted someone to go with him to like a student, shoot, what is it called? Passover Seder.
0: Passover Seder.
1: And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come with you. We we're all introduce ourselves. I was like, oh yeah, my name's Rachel. Blah blah blah, all the stuff. And then it finally came out like I wasn't Jewish. I was just like there helping. And they're like, but your name's Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> Later. Um, and my parents just like the name. There's no one in my family with, the, with yeah. my name. All right, so. <sighs> Okay, so um, studies that they've done to, like, notice um, social linguistics in different parts of the world, different Mm -hmm. areas, is, like, um, seeing, like, language barriers between, or in Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and the Barrier Islands off North Carolina, known as the Outer Banks, at the end of the 20th century, connections between the isolated Outer Banks and the greater world increased. Um, This changed the local seafood industry and made the Outer Banks a destination for a growing number of tourists using the typical way the natives pronounce the word pronounce the vowel in the words high and tide um these North Carolinians usually called Hoy tiders I can't really quite <laughs> do it right because I'm not hoi yeah um they continue to lose this or use this distinctive vowel even though in other ways their dialect is becoming more like other American dialects okay um that being said, obviously, to the more well-known um, New Orleans, uh, the linguistics are looking at the impact of the impending loss of the Mongolian French speakers in the Cadian or Cajun region of southern Louisiana. Mm-hmm. What are the traces of the French Cajun vernacular English, the dialect monolingual, monolingual speakers of English? Um, will these uh french and cajun features still be there after like actual um generations of them yeah. have passed away and i know we talked about this a little bit last time but i think their tradition is such a huge thing they know that's why people go there they yeah. know they go there for that experience you have, i've been to new orleans you've been to new orleans yeah yeah, oh, yeah you have duh.
0: yeah Psh,
1: you lived there <laughs> or right outside there um,
0: it was a few hours such, north, but yeah
1: but you've been there yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, it's such a different experience. It's so neat. So yeah. I think that they will hold on to it just because, like, that is what they're known for. Yeah. So almost kind of like how the Outer Banks, like, they hold on to that. I think if you say, like, speak it for so long, it becomes, yeah. well, we'll get into that in a bit. Um,
0: but you think it's like a show accent, that that's just going to, uh,
1: I think after and so you know. many generations, it has to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... Because then it, it doesn't come naturally, and English is your first language, and... I mean, you have the tradition down. to you know everything, like, where your ancestry is from, but now you're here in New Orleans, yeah. and you s- see all the movies, all the shows, and you speak how everyone else speaks in your schools and stuff. Um, but we'll go into, like, you can't really force yourself to an accent, right, but you right. can definitely play it up. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so here's a little story time. Babies are born with the ability to form any kind of sound.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, like, they're literally absorbing information all the time, which is crazy to me. You put a kid in the right environment with two different spoken language, and they'll be able to flawlessly speak them both, no matter how different and contradictory they are. Um, and I know a lot of friends from high school had fret, or had parents who are from another country who speak both languages, but they had no accent when they spoke English because they learned, they grew up learning both languages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then, uh, an ornithologist, even noted that because she played bird calls in the car, her child was able to imitate different birds and <laughs> identify them. by sound which is so fucking cool. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, At some point, though, we do lose the ability to make certain sounds. And before that happens, we lose the ability to hear them. Now, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this more since last week, and I have some more about it. But here's the story. Yes. Scientists at the University of Washington recently performed experiments on babies from six months to a year old, trying to figure out what these babies can hear. These particular experiments were done on babies from English-speaking and Japanese-speaking households. The scientists were testing how babies heard the English L and R. While the two sound different to English speakers, mm-hmm. Japanese speakers, even those who speak English perfectly, have a harder time distinguishing the sounds. English speakers, meanwhile, side note, are known for their trouble with the Spanish P, B, and V, mm-hmm. and uh, the Chinese Xi and Qi. Yeah. Yeah, you have, yeah. yeah. Do you want to
0: <laughs> There's that? There are two cities um, in China. One is Suzhou, and the other is Shuzhou and uh when m- native mandarin speakers say them they sound exactly alike to me yeah and um i was uh standing outside uh smoking a cigarette when i was in china and uh, a chinese guy came up to me and started talking to me and he was like so what did you do over the holiday yeah and i was like oh i went to sujo and he was like oh sujo or Sudo and i was like what okay <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's yeah exactly um Every language edits out certain distinctions and noises. So here's the experiment. A baby sits on its mother's lap. A speaker to its side plays the sounds of someone saying la, 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 until at some point the random la is replaced by a ra. So it's like la, 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 ra. La, 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 la. Like, you don't do it, like, every third. You make it random. Right, right. At that point, a bear near the speaker beats on a drum, and a light flashes so that they know it's different. Yeah. Um, the baby only knows to look for this amusing little show if it can hear between the sounds. So I think it's a little bit out of sight. So, like, it will turn when it knows it hears raw. Um, it, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, at six months, babies in either household were equally likely to look at the speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, at a year, 80%, or no, it was less than a year. It was, like, halfway through 80% of kids in English-speaking homes turned, but only 59% of kids from Japanese-speaking turned. And that's like, 59 is still like random chance, so yeah. you can't really get much conclusion for that. However, when they hit the one-year mark, the Japanese kids had lost the ability to distinguish the sounds.
0: So that's six months, nine months in a year. Yeah, so okay. within
1: that year, um, the Japanese children um, had lost the ability to differentiate between law and raw mm-hmm. and my conclusion to that is they are just in these experiment things like once every they i mean i don't know how often they test them i haven't read the article right um the study but they're not there all day every day so when they go home what they're hearing is their parents interacting all the people on the sidewalk saying oh what a cute little baby you have, or yeah, and so what is that and they're never gonna hear the law raw stuff yeah so when they come back the more they come back the less and less inclined they're gonna hear the difference because that's not what they're hearing that's not what they're picking up they're right. losing their sound to hear it because right. that's not what their language dictates that you need to listen to because their
0: brain is going you don't in a need different this. way yeah.
1: yeah and that's that's what I kind of have discovered what I think hopefully that's what their conclusion was, was at the end <laughs> forget that I have a touch screen <laughs> um, uh, so that's why I think that that is, yeah. which in my mind makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes <laughs> um, sense yeah. So I have trouble pronouncing this last time. So help me. Phonemes, 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 yeah. phonemes. Yes, are the different sound units we use to make up a word like sh, ch, and th. Mm-hmm. Um, sh, sh, and th- <laughs> <laughs> every place has their own. We use th a lot, mm-hmm. like for the, there, then, that. Like it's a really fucking common way to do it also i know i said this last time but um most languages don't have that because most languages don't put their tongue between their teeth to make a sound that's so stupid (laughs)
2: it's so
1: ridiculous that's why a lot of other non-english speaking languages um don't have that sound um and i think it's really cool that like spanish and similar languages roll their r is just so like cool but random you know what i mean Um, So that being saying, uh, in English, we use a lot, and Germans clearly do not, which makes it difficult for them to say there and that, which is why you always hear them say there and zat, because they, like, it's hard for them to hear it, because they haven't picked up on it, and also, maybe if they're told to put their tongue between their their teeth maybe they might have a little better they might actually sound more like it but i don't know if they would
0: it's weird to think that we just don't use the same tongue position it's Mm -hmm. just uh
1: different just different yeah i don't know how that happens i'm still so confused about how we went from one language to like so many different languages Mm um i think it was there are twenty thousand or twenty five thousand different languages now that are still spoken. Yeah. Like even I think it even included the one where only two people still speak it. But there are over fifty six thousand or more dialects. Yeah. So there's even more between. Um between the languages. Uh many here we go. Many people find that when they move to new areas, they lose their accents, this happens, especially if they're fluent in language to begin with, like me moving from Texas to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I know Kentucky but it's Louisville. and people a lot like there are quite a few people here with accents, but most, the majority do not. So, if you grew up outside the county, like Mary, yeah. you're going to have a much thicker accent. Yeah. And what's weird is, I've been told, like, if my accent does come out, it doesn't sound like it's from Kentucky. It's like, well, it's probably because it sounds like it's from Texas. Yeah. Which, because there are very different accents from all different parts of the South.
2: Yeah.
1: Especially your Southern rails. <laughs> 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 um. Uh, and here's the really interesting part. So, of course, I moved when I was five. Mm-hmm. You moved all around. It's all been different. Yeah. My friend Claudia, who's an Army brat, she lived everywhere. She doesn't have an accent at all. But I don't think she ever lived in the South either. Well,
0: she probably has, like, that neutral Midwestern accent. Oh, my gosh, she does. Yeah.
1: And she did live in Germany for, like, one or two years when her dad was on, or when her parents were both on the base. Um all she remembers is how to say pancakes in German. Like, she doesn't remember the language at all. Um, Oh, I minored in Spanish, and I don't remember (laughs) most of it. But she grew up on a base, I don't know how much, like, German she heard, and she probably heard mostly English. She lived in Hawaii for a couple of years, but then the majority was in Indiana, and that's a very, yeah, like, no accent. (laughs) Except, say, um, my... All my grandparents from Indiana say the Warsher, the N R, and I don't know why. Yeah, like there's no R until the end. I know. Don't say uh, Warsher. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever uh, the wash
0: One that my uh, my Kentucky family does a lot is the the tar, the tar on the car. The tar. The tar. You Do know you, those things that go around the ahead? tire. Oh my god. <laughs> um.
1: There was something, okay, another funny story I've heard is, um, my mom, like, embarrassingly came home, and she's like, so all the, um, foreign people from, like, I think they were, like, from China or somewhere, they're all, like, playing, they weren't playing a joke, but they're, someone's like, watch, see, see if she, uh, understands this, like, there's no way she's gonna understand this, and someone goes up and say, gee, yet? And she's like, "No, do you?" And they all start laughing. Like, "How did you understand that?" And she's like, "What do you mean? Like, she didn't even realize that." Yeah. They, of course, if you're not from the south or whatever, you didn't realize someone was saying, "Did you eat yet?" Yeah. But what was funny is she tried it on my brother and I, and we both understood what she was saying. We're like, "Why are you asking that question?" <laughs> she's like, "I'm trying to prove something." <laughs> um, but what was great was like they just had like. So much joy out of, like, seeing that people could understand that. Yeah. Um, So, at the age of 12, your accent will not change. So, this is um, the... Uh, example they gave is say you grew up in Britain and then you moved to Spain when you're 15 and you live there for decades and you're 60 years old and you're speaking fluent Spanish Mm -hmm. you will still have an English accent to them that accent doesn't change so if I think if I lived in in Texas till I was 13 I moved here I would have never gotten rid of that accent Um, (coughs) and when like immigrants come over like people make fun of like people's parents Mm Because their accent's like, well, it's yeah, because they were fucking 30 when they moved here. Their accent can't... And, like, you can't just get rid of that. Right. It's, like, ingrained into your vocal cord, and yeah. it's also the way you hear things, yeah. and, like, pro- your mind processes it. Exactly. I do remember... And I'm going on a lot of tangents today. <laughs> I didn't watch too many episodes of Scrubs. Yeah. But I did see one, and one episode really sticks out to me, because I try to think about it. And it's the one where... Um, JD's the main guy. Kirk's his, like, best friend. Yeah. What was Kirk's girlfriend slash... She was also a nurse there. I don't
2: remember.
1: Um, well, anyways, she woke up early morning. And she was super pissed. Yeah. And she's like, for the first time ever, I dreamt in English and not in <laughs> Spanish. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would happen to people, mm-hmm. I guess. And I thought, like, so now what is her brain doing that... She's now, you know, and I don't think like they just made up for sure. Like that actually happens to people. Oh, it
0: does. Yeah. yeah. When no. I was in China, I would have dreams in my very broken Mandarin, and then uh, when I was learning Spanish, I would have dreams in Spanish. So. No way. Yeah.
1: No time at point, <laughs> or at no time in point, did at I, no I ever point have in dreams. Time? Yeah. No point in time. I swear it's my first class. <laughs> I'm not drinking anything at all today. Um, Uh, had I anytime I was thinking Spanish did I ever have a dream in Spanish that would be interesting Um, so now let's talk about linguistics in court and this is pretty interesting Um, and I chose a Kentucky one because also it's one that they talk about a lot yeah in the 1990 case of Clifford versus Kentucky the Supreme Court upheld the conviction of Charles Clifford based on linguistics profiling In the Campbell County Circuit Court, a white police officer named Darren Smith testified that he heard a black man's voice, that of um, Clifford, making the sale of drugs in the apartment. Officer Smith was in a nearby apartment and had heard the voice through a wire worn by an undercover agent. Clifford was the only black man in the room where the sale was taking place and was thus determined to be the drug seller. Linguistic profiling had been accepted as legal um, in some senses, so this is one of them. and so it's legal in some states and others, and I almost think it's a, it's a case-by-case scenario. Yeah. The U.S. Supreme Court has not ruled on linguistics profiling yet, but we all know, I think they called it linguistics, or um, something very similar was how they got uh, the,
2: the
1: Unabomber. The Unabomber. About how, and the whole reason they were able to get the warrant to search their everything is, in his manifesto, he said, you can have your... you." can't have your cake and eat it too like right. he did the actual right spelling of it and yeah. then one of his thesis statements when he was in graduate school he wrote the exact same thing and saying like this is such a rare rare occurrence no one actually knows the right phrasing of it yeah. but here it is twice
2: yeah.
1: um, and the judge was like yeah you can have a warrant based off of that yeah. and that's how they were able to and that's one of the few instances they're like I, I don't think it was linguistics but it had something to do with like this kind of basic profiling uh,
0: the syntax yeah, yeah.
1: And thank God, because it was the right person. Um, <laughs> um,
0: what if it wasn't? <laughs> then they'd be like, shit. <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> um, when a group of Dutch chimpanzees... Um, this is now going outside the realm of just humans. yeah uh, When a group of Dutch chimpanzees <coughs> meet in with a group of Scottish ones... If only they had Scottish accents. How cool <laughs> would that be? Um, it was an unprecedented chance to see how their vocalizations changed as the tr- two groups became closer. Yeah. Um, the zoo staffs found that the chimps are changing their accents, which I think is crazy. I, if you put three chimpanzees and you told me that they were all from the same country or a different country, <laughs> I would not be. So like, it's sound the same to me, but these are people who like live and breathe with them. Right. So. So the two groups were integrated at the Edinburgh Zoo, and staff started focusing on the grunt that the chimps used to signify apples. The Scottish chimps uh, communicated with a lower tone than the Dutch ones. But then about three years after being together, the chimps adjusted their calls to be more similar to each other. I obviously did not also read this article to see about the study, but according to researchers from the universities of Zurich and New York, if chimps can adjust their regional dialects and accents based on social groups, it's likely that our earliest ancestors had the same ability. However, critics of the study say that these conclusions don't match record dated data. data. Um, basically, what they're saying is whether the chimps were changing the words they used to describe apples, or the way in the or the way in which they said the word. So it's like you look at um, this glass and you say glass, and mm-hmm. I know from my language that it's called beer or whatever. Right. Are we, am I changing it to adjust to what you're saying? Or are we both changing it? Or they're saying... Um,
0: so is it a dialect change? It's not a dialect change.
1: change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we don't know. Yeah. Because um, we don't speak chimpanzee yet. Dot, 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 dot
0: yet. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Somebody gets work on that. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to a chimpanzee.
1: Um, <laughs> that would be interesting. I have a feeling, I don't know. Because then I feel like you would have to see which chimpanzee is the more dominant one than if the ones are just following suit. Yeah. But in the study, it should say if they both change their dialect, or if one did, but maybe they can't tell the difference. I'd say if you could tell the difference.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know, though, because it's it's fucking chimpanzee grunts. I don't know. You
0: would think that the grunts would just get, like, they would meet somewhere in the middle, so that uh, Mm -hmm. if it was uh, two different dialects, then eventually it would meld into one dialect. Yeah yeah exactly but if it's two different words and you can't really you can't tell really sure. tell
1: yeah <clears throat> um and then no one's sure if one if one of the animals were just trying to fit in basically say like I'm going to fall suit to what right, you say right. um and it's not just you know they've also noticed the same goats they bawl differently uh with different accents depending on where they live and cows move differently as well I can go into further detail on that, but I thought it was interesting.
0: Right.
1: Um, so it's also like, well, all cows came from the same, well, hypothetically, and they all have different accents now, or they could have different language, whereas, like, we people also. It just blows my mind about how we know so many different languages. It's yeah. so fascinating. Um, and this is one of the, in- some interesting tidbits at the end. Um, people who suffer from stroke wake up and have a completely different accent from their own voice they have it happens often enough that they have a name for it for an accent syndrome yeah and results from damage to the insular region of the brain which is responsible for language processing like that is that's, that i literally laughed out loud when i read that yeah. i remember hearing about it but i was like bullshit <laughs> but then they're like no this actually happened it actually happens that's yeah. crazy um and then like we've talked about before southern accents are the most close to the british accent um by anyone in the Americas. Yeah. Um, especially, at, like, it's the Southern Bell, the long draws yeah. are the closest thing to Old English.
0: Yeah. Shakespeare sounded a lot more like
1: uh, someone from Georgia someone from
0: Georgia than someone
1: from present day London.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Which is funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if you're an American in high school and they're making you do uh, a Shakespeare play, just read it in your American accent. Yeah, you'll, you'll be, be closer. Yeah. You will
1: be actually closer. You'll
0: be closer than if you attempt a British accent.
1: Um, so that's my little touch on social linguistics, which I find super fascinating. That was
0: really good. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> right. I really enjoy it. I just wish I could go in a time machine and just see how we, like, changed and yeah. evolved. And I mean, everyone does. I mean, I like Planet of the Apes, but I don't think that's exactly how it happened. Right, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean it's not a historical uh accuracy it's not a do- uh, documentary? documentary yeah
1: not to my knowledge <laughs> 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 all right but yeah i it's so cool yeah. i don't know i c- i really wish i could speak another language fluently and people are like well you still can they said and i have heard this too the older you get the harder it is to learn saying a language but you can't let that stop you from learning right language i feel like i have enough spanish in me i can When I went to Panama, I could get through. But, I mean, it takes me a while. I can read it a lot better than anything else. Yeah.
0: When I was... uh, I went to uh, Madrid for a week after I graduated from undergrad. Um, I met up with a friend there. And, like, I could pick up on what people were saying to me, but I had no idea how to respond to them. Uh, Yeah, see. How does this work? Yeah. Uh, You had a story last week about... um, uh, Somebody was taught Spanish by (gasps) South American teachers.
1: Okay, so one of my good friends from grad school. This is a really good one. Um, She studied abroad in... Damn it, I knew it. (laughs) I want to say Puerto Rico. Okay. I don't think it was Puerto Rico. But we'll say Puerto Rico. She Mm -hmm. studied abroad in Puerto... Well, no, it was... Not that. Um, It's another P country. It's not... It was Central Portugal? America. It was a Central American country. Panama? It was not Panama. Maybe it wasn't... P. Costa Rica. Sorry. It's Costa Rica. Costa Rica, not Puerto Rico. Costa Rica. <laughs> um, so she studied for a semester in Costa Rica, and she okay. um, majored or minored in Spanish, and she could speak it fluently. Yeah. Obviously, she there for a semester. This was when she was an undergrad, and then when we were in graduate school, her younger sister, also majoring or minoring in Spanish, was studying abroad our uh, spring semester in... Um, Spain. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Madrid or Barcelona, but it was like Santorini or something like that. Okay. Um, and for our spring break, she bought plane tickets to go visit and spend a week with her. And yeah. so she was like, well, my Spanish is a little rusty, but we'll see what happens. And she goes and she like picks up on Spanish and she has a great time. She comes back and um, she was able to communicate with them. Like they can speak Spanish fluently, which is pretty cool. And sh- But she said they all um, were noticed that she had an accent with her um, with her language and Mm -hmm. it wasn't an English accent they're like you speak like you're from Central slash South America Mm -hmm. and she's like how can you tell and they're like oh we can tell and apparently I don't know what it is but they look down on people from Central they're like oh you speak with that accent and she's like it was a little rude
2: but whatever
1: (laughs) Um, but they could tell by the way she talked that she talked like she was from Central America which I thought was pretty cool and neat although except for the fact that they out less
0: of them <laughs> yeah uh when i was in china um i told you this last week uh mandarin is a tonal language yes so oh. uh there are five tones um there's one going down one going up one uh one is just flat um there's one that's kind of uh
1: influx yeah
0: an influx and then um there's a fifth tone that's not used very often um and then i'm regular, angry <laughs> i'm just <sorry. laughs> kidding And then where you get really, um, where you get really messed up is because, uh, people from different, um, districts throughout China have different ways of making words. Oh my Uh, gosh. And so there's only, there's only probably, they only use like a dozen phonemes. Yeah. But then the way that they use them is different, um, from, um. The other districts. Yeah. From district to district. Um, and so I was in uh, Jiangsu Province, which is kind of in, a, in the center of um, the country. And so people would come from the north, and they would have different dialects. And people would come from the south, and they would have different dialects. And um, one of the one of the girls I was with over there uh, was telling me that uh, they kind of just have to use context clues to. Um, that is not how language should be <laughs> done. <laughs> <That> <laughs> to communicate. Context So, like, if you go to a cafeteria and you're trying to get something specific, you have to uh, express what you want to the the lunch lady, and then you have to kind of, like, make them figure out what you want.
1: And didn't you say that time that oh, no yeah. past tense?
0: There's not, there's not a past tense. Um, a lot of languages don't have past tense, and it changes the way that people talk, uh, think about time.
2: That's crazy. Um,
0: and so if, you're, if you speak a language that doesn't have a past tense, you have to use, uh, first off, if you want to say that something happened yesterday or the day before, you would add that to the front or the back of your sentence, and then you would speak it like it's happening now. And that causes people to think about time different. Can you give different. an
1: example?
0: Um, so, uh, I, I can't think of any in language. How about,
1: I voted on <clears throat> last Tuesday?
0: So it'd be like, on last Tuesday, I vote. That's oh. how they would say it.
1: Okay. On last Tuesday, I vote. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that, the way that, that... Um, that sentence structure works it causes your brain to uh um interpret time differently yeah so we can think of things like a long time ago and a long time in the future yeah but people who speak these languages that don't have a past tense generally are more like active in the present yeah um, and think about the future more
1: that's yeah that blows my mind that's why i feel like It's so much easier to learn a language when you're younger because you can maybe grasp that concept. Not saying I'm too old to grasp a concept, but that would be really hard for me to distinguish. Yeah.
0: I think that everybody should just speak Esperanto. Um, Esperanto? Esperanto. Have you heard of this one? No. Just like
1: everything is a sandwich.
0: No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, So Esperanto was a constructed language. Okay. Um, They wanted it to be a universal language so that scientists in Japan, Germany, and America can all speak the same language when they're talking about something. Okay. Um, And so it has reflexive pronouns. It has gender-neutral pronouns. It has past, present, future tense. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It has all of these different things, and it's pretty reflexive and easy to learn.
1: Is it a fully developed language? Yeah,
0: It was constructed language. So. Do
1: people use it?
0: Uh, I'm not sure how widespread it is, actually. I do know if you use du- Duolingo, you can learn it.
1: Oh, okay. You know what also is a language? What's that? Dothraki. Dothraki. <laughs> it actually is. I know. <laughs> uh,
0: a lot of the people who do, um, like, The Lord of the Rings and uh, Game of Thrones oh, yeah, and other uh, movies where they have to construct languages, they'll hire... Like one of these handful of people in the United States who can create a language. And then. This. Like.
1: Oh, <laughs> long, like, I have trouble with English on its own, which I yeah. know English is a really weird, complicated language in and of itself.
0: Oh, English just beats up other languages and steals whatever it needs? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> but yeah, that's social linguistics. Nice. Good. I hope that helped with your week a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it did. It okay. was very enjoyable. Good. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm glad to uh, just sit here and drink a beer and talk about sociolinguistics. No, oh, good. <laughs> good. Um, is there anything else that we need to to do before we sign off? I don't
1: think so. All right. Maybe we'll, we'll check this and make sure it's all good to go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get out of here and we'll check that in post. Um, yeah. We'll get our intern to... <laughs>
2: yes fix our anything, intern yeah. fix our problems <laughs> intern chop chop
0: <laughs> what, what did you say our, our intern's name was was it like Bryce or something that was Bruce. so long Bruce was it Bruce <laughs> is our, is our intern named Bruce <laughs> we name him whatever you want to
1: name him he's fine with it
0: um, <laughs> isn't right. that right Bruce <laughs> exactly um, yeah let's get out of here let uh, listeners I hope you enjoyed this week's episode thank you so much for listening Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, if you're on Facebook, check us out. We are on Facebook at Absinthe Activism Arts. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out the website at acti- uh, absintheactivismarts.wordpress.com. Uh, we've got my writing, we've got Katie's Kim's artwork, we've got uh, music by Chet Osman. Um, I, we added a, um, a guitar player, singer, songwriter. Yay. To our, our collective this week. Uh, Joshua Paul Brooks um, is going to be doing music for us, and so we'll have some of that up on the website as well. Um, we're going to start doing blog posts, and the first one should go up, so it should be up by the time you're listening to us. Uh, yeah, that gives us like yeah. four months, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going up on Tuesday, so it'll be up well in advance of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, blog posts uh, my writing Katie's artwork Chet Osman Joshua Paul Brooks um, I think that's it uh, check us out on Twitter it's Absinthe Act Art um, check us out on Patreon um, it's Absinthe Activism Arts
1: <laughs> I see a thing <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah. I,
0: don't, I don't know uh, if I see it I see it I don't see it sorry right, I'll see for you <laughs> so <old> Bruce <laughs> that's what friends are for <laughs> yeah Um, if you feel like supporting the show, check us out on Patreon. Um, we've got several tiers. Uh, just choose whatever you're comfortable donating. Um, and we'll appreciate all of it. Um, I'm also going to start streaming video games on Saturdays, which I can't tonight because we're busy, but, (laughs) 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 sorry, next Saturday and probably every Saturday after this. Is this with the,
1: the cat? Huh? Is this with
0: the cat? Oh, uh, it's it's a Palico. It's a uh, Monster Hunter World. I wasn't going to do a Monster Hunter World <laughs> <laughs> for my first stream because I'm not very good at it. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, if you want to come see my Palico, he's uh, he's orange and um, he's fierce, uh, and he's fierce. based off of Mary's, Mary's cat. Where's <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, uh, I think that's all. That's so it. let's get out of here.
2: Let's
0: do it. Uh, goodbye, listeners. I hope you. Have a